comes loose to Curry. Curry gets it ahead to Gretzky. Gretzky going in. Suter trying to get back. Gretzky with a shot. He's They're going to try here. Rushing the center and down the lane. It is Marshall. Scores! Marshall scores! Moving on. Rendemore at the far side. That's broken. Here's a break. And it's Pisani. Scores! A short-handed goal for Pisani. Here comes Connor McDavid, shifting right by Riley, right in, what a goal! My goodness, what a goal by Connor McDavid! Hey, hey, welcome to the Locked On Oilers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Hernan Salas from TSN 1260 and producer on the Two Guys and the Goalie podcast. On today's show, I'll be joined by Richard Morin from the Locked On Coyotes podcast, a uh, uh, beat reporter for the Arizona Coyotes, as there is some big news there as they made it official today. Bill Armstrong will be their new general manager. That's coming up here in moments, but first you can connect with me at Hernan the Man at Locked On Oilers on Twitter and also give us follow at locked on pods and remember to subscribe and download on your favorite apps for all the latest episodes and while you're there leave us a great review and be sure to check out yesterday's pod as tom gozola joined me we talked matt dumba we talked nhl playoffs and of course we did a redraft of the 2011 draft where nuge went number one find out where he went for tom gozola and myself and see who creeped into the top 10 that was that went in the second third fourth fifth rounds it was a fun fun little pod make sure to check it out download it and uh uh, you know, like I said, leave us a nice review. But time now, as we're going to go to Arizona, as Richard Moran joins me from the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Of course, a former beat writer at the Arizona Republic for this team. But no one better to talk Coyotes hockey with than Richard. Richard, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing excellent, excellent. Some big news for you guys down in Arizona, as Pierre Lebrun just tweeted out moments ago that the official announcement is uh, going to be made in a few hours here, as Bill Armstrong will be named the next GM in Arizona. Uh, just, I want to get your thoughts uh, initially on this hiring after the whole John Chaika fiasco. Yeah, certainly a lot of drama uh, around this organization right now with the really strange departure of John Chaika from mm-hmm. the organization. But yeah, Bill Armstrong looks like he's he's the guy. Uh, the Coyotes going after somebody with a you know very respectable hockey background. And look, this general manager has a lot on their plate. Uh, the Coyotes don't have a whole lot of cap room coming into this year. Obviously, they have designs to re-sign Taylor Hall, and I'm sure we'll get into all of that, but uh, it's, it's going to be a big project for this team. This, this, this team is really at a crossroads right now, and this was a critical hire because uh, whichever direction Bill Armstrong wants to take this team might not be what another GM uh, had wanted to do. So it's, it's uh, you know, whether it's the right guy for the job, we'll, you know, time will tell, but uh, certainly a very pivotal hire for this organization. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he's been with the St. Louis Blues since 2004 when he was brought in as a scout, uh, you know, a big part of their, uh, you, you know, amateur scouting as well, big part of that Stanley Cup winning team. He's brought in the likes of uh, Colton Pareko, Robert Thomas. Uh, I mean, exactly what this team needs, just a guy that's, you know, kind of done it all when it comes to the managerial position. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're they're looking for a guy, right? The, the Like I said, the Coyotes are kind of at a crossroads. They have some some uh, some tradable assets right now, but mm. they really have a dearth of draft picks. And, uh, you know, I, I think like one, you know, top three uh, round draft pick in the next few drafts, I mean, that is just uh, really barren. And, and obviously a lot of that stems from 
the uh, the sanctions that were handed down by the NHL yeah. because of the uh, fitness testing um, uh, violations of players. So uh, this this guy's kind of up against it because the Coyotes they really need to add to this young core or the players that uh, at least John Chica thought were the the future core of this team and still might be. Uh, but the Coyotes want to add to that core through the draft, and that's something they really can't do right now. Um, but does this GM does this GM want to acquire uh, you know assets that are trade uh, you know draft assets? Does this GM uh, want to make a splash in free agency? Does this GM uh, want to make some big splashes with trades and really retool uh, what John Chica had built here? So a lot of really big questions that I'm sure we'll get to ask Bill once things are uh, are made official here in Arizona, but. Um, yeah, a lot, like I said, a lot, a lot, a lot on, on his plate. But again, this is a guy with a hockey background, so the Coyotes certainly feel like he can do it. Richard Morton from Locked On Coyotes joining me here on the Locked On Oilers podcast. There's some big news coming for that franchise today is they're going to name Bill Armstrong their new general manager. I want to get back to the, the sanctions handed down to the Coyotes. Like you mentioned, they don't have a pick this year until the fourth round. And just for like, I guess, the casual fan, I mean, we both know what happened here. It was, uh, you know, for violating the NHL's combine testing policy. Well, I, I don't think this was, uh, you know, malicious. I, I don't think the Coyotes tried to cheat the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly the the commissioner, you know, was pretty clear about that in his statement, said that he didn't find any malicious intent on the part of the Coyotes. What the commissioner called it was gross negligence, meaning that, yeah. uh, you know, Chica's staff really just acted in a negligent manner and, and didn't follow the guidelines. And, you know, I don't, it wasn't anything that I, I don't necessarily believe it was something that Chica was aware of, but I do uh, think that falls on Chica because you need to make sure that your staff is, aware of the regulations and, and toes the line that way. And so uh, in that sense, you can certainly say that does reflect poorly on Chaika, even if he wasn't uh, doing anything maliciously. Uh, that's something that Chaika needs to make sure his, his staff uh, was following and clearly did not. Uh, I did not play a, my understanding is that it did not play a, a very big role in Chaika's departure. That uh, was really issues that he was having with ownership and, um, you know, a breakdown in communication between mm-hmm. those two parties as it pertains to uh, another job that Chaika was looking at. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, kind of sabotaging the, the Coyotes draft picks here and then leaves. I understand how it looks that way, but that's not really uh, my understanding of how the situation went down. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a brutal sanction. It was way more than I was expecting uh, for a punishment from the league and way more than the Coyotes were expecting. I can tell you that we talked to president and CEO Javier Gutierrez, not that long, uh, maybe a few months before, or even like a month before those sanctions came down and they were not expecting anything significant uh, coming from the NHL and, and Gary Bettman really let them have it with that punishment. Yeah, the uh, forfeiture of the club's second round pick in the 2020 NHL draft and a first round pick in the 2021 draft. So well, they didn't have it. I mean, they probably would have taken away their first rounder if they had one to give away. The yeah, exactly. And, Taylor and, Hall. <laughs> no, and it's pretty significant, right? Like, and it's like you said, uh, here in Edmonton, I know Edmonton only has one pick and then they don't pick, I think, again until the fifth round. So, I mean, different reasoning for that, but uh, I think we can kind of feel the pain of the Arizona Coyotes as well. At least the Oilers have that first rounder where the Arizona doesn't pick this year, like I said, until the fourth round. Uh, you know, Rick Talkett did some good things. They beat the Nashville Predators in the bubble playoff, and then they go and they take on the Colorado Avalanche, and then they, they just got steamrolled there. But, I mean, Talkett does have some nice players there. I really like Clayton Keller. I mean, this Connor Garland has really come out of nowhere, and he's solidified himself as a legit NHLer. Just see your thoughts on this team the way it stands now i didn't have him beat him nashville and they surprised me there now 
I, I think Colorado, we, you know, they were the extreme favorite in that one, but still some nice pieces here for the new GM to work with, right? Yeah. I mean, I think perception was really, perception of this team really was a roller coaster all year. I think before the season started, we were just saying, hey, if this team, uh, you know, makes the playoffs, you know, then that's a win for this team because, you know, they hadn't done it since 2012. They were four, they finished four points out of a playoff spot the year prior said, Hey, this team has got to make the playoffs or it's a failure. And then uh, come January, this team was in first place in the Pacific division. You'll remember they were in first place. They trade for Taylor Hall and then Darcy Kemper goes down with an injury yeah. and everything went south. Auntie Ranta couldn't stay healthy in a backup role. So they were down to their third stringer in Aiden Hill. A lot of forwards started underperforming. And then next thing you know, the Coyotes were basically about to be eliminated from uh, playoff contention when the season went on a pause. Of course, they get invited to the 2014 expanded format. And now you're thinking, okay, now, you know, you need to win your first qualifying round series in order for this to be considered not a failure, right? Because they were about to fail. And then really the system kind of bailed them out in that way. So at least for my evaluation purposes, I was saying this team has to beat Nashville for this season to be considered a success. And they beat Nashville. They were not the favorites in that series and they beat Nashville. And then you're like, okay, you know, they've done their job, but then they go out and get absolutely embarrassed by the Colorado Avalanche, and then perception changes once again. So you can see where this roller coaster of perception really, uh, you can really see the trajectory of it. And then you're thinking, you're looking at how they were just completely embarrassed by the abs and, and you're saying, man, you know, maybe this wasn't a success, right? So, uh, but like you said, there are still some good pieces here. Connor Garland, I think is a guy you could build around, but, uh, and I think Clayton Keller had a good postseason, but again, another disappointing regular season from yeah. Clayton Keller a very disappointing season from Oliver Ekman Larson, a Vezina caliber season for Darcy Kepper. But now, and uh, I know, I know we mentioned this a little bit before we started recording, but now you have to think, Hey, you're at such a dearth of draft picks and you are still missing that one piece that you desperately need and haven't had since Jeremy Rodick. And that's the number one center. Do you trade Darcy Kepper, your most tradable asset who is on a such an affordable contract. And if he goes to the right team, could be a Vezina contender. Do you trade him? Do you trade Oliver Ekman Larson? These are the big picture uh, questions that Bill Armstrong is going to have to answer now. And we're going to get on to all that. Darcy Kemper, Oliver Ekman Larson, and of course, uh, former Edmonton Oiler Taylor Hall. That's mm -hmm. all coming up next with Richard Morin from the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. We're back here on Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Hernan Salas, and I'm joined by Richard Morin from the Locked On Coyotes Podcast. Good to have you on once again as big news in Arizona. As they're going to make it official, Bill Armstrong will be their new general manager. And a lot of work needs to be, well, not a lot of work, I shouldn't say that, but some interesting uh, you know, rumors swirling around Arizona. Let's start off, Richard, with Oliver Ekman Larson. 
Uh, I mean, at 8.25, you know, he's got a, he's still got a lot of years left on that contract. I mean, a lot of teams would take him. He's a legit number one defenseman. He moves the puck well, plays in every situation, is a minute muncher and all that. But how realistic at 29 years old and with that cap hit, is he going to be moved here? Like, is that a realistic situation? Well, I think, I think the Coyotes would need to eat some salary. And I think they would need something back in return, obviously, even with that contract. I mean, he's their captain. Uh, he's the longest tenured member of the team. Uh, he was the only member of the team that was actually actually there in the 2012 playoff run, which was their most recent run prior to this season. So uh, something would need to be coming back in return, but there is no denying Ekman Larson has been on a steady decline and simply has not been the same player he was under Dave Tippett, uh, at, you know, that he is now with Rick Tockett. I don't know if it's a lack of, uh, you know, admiration between the two. I don't know. I mean, they seem to get along just fine. It's just he's not the same player since Rick Chocket took over prior to the 17-18 season. So I've seen it floated around like, hey, you know, maybe Ekman Larson would okay a trade if it was uh, to the right place. Maybe a reunion with Dave Tippett, not to freak out you Oilers fans out there. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, that's look, it's something that's been floated, right? I mean, Dave Tippett clearly got the best version of Ekman Larson. Rick Tockett has not been able to do that. Uh, I've seen some other interesting names floated, maybe Boston, you know, Boston, they could be a little short on the left side uh, if Tory Krug decides to part ways in free agency. So I've seen some things like that, but uh, certainly a guy that could provide value to a team and maybe just needs a change of scenery, but he would have to okay a trade, of course, if, if that were to happen. But I, I think he would if it was the right, uh, if it was the right opportunity for him. I think, I think uh, you know, uh, he loves living in Arizona, but a fresh start might um, you know, might be pretty attractive to OEL. Yeah, and in here in Edmonton, Richard, I'll be honest, on the radio and on podcasts, we've talked about it. It just doesn't seem the orders have the pieces uh, and the money to to make this happen because he'd it's be a, a nice, hit, yeah, yeah, he'd be a nice fit here in Edmonton. Let's move on to the goaltending, and again, here in Edmonton, it's a big topic uh, of conversation, of course, with Mike Smith, uh, a UFA, and then Nico Koskinen. I mean, I don't think many think the orders can go far with him as your number one. And Matt Murray's been brought up, and a couple of uh, UFAs, and, and Thomas Grice and all that but Darcy Kemper is an interesting one he's got two more years left at 4.5 he was outstanding like you said before he got hurt Arizona was just humming along nicely there but listen for me I can't see Arizona trading Darcy Kemper and I and I and I get it they they want to improve um you know other parts of their team but Darcy Kemper was such a big part of that team and anti-ranta at 31 he just can't stay healthy right like this guy yeah. hasn't been able to play a full season in, in 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 years now so I mean if the price is right I guess they would what do you see happening here with with their goaltending well I think it's realistic and you know they just re-signed Aiden Hill to a new deal he was a, an RFA and they signed mm -hmm. him to a one-way deal and um, that that doesn't necessarily mean that one of Ronta or Kepper is being traded but it certainly makes it more realistic than it was otherwise if, if you know Aiden Hill were on a two-way deal I think a one-way deal you're like okay you know maybe maybe this could happen and I, look this depends on what does Bill Armstrong want to do does he want to you know shut things down for a few years and 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 get some more pieces in here or do you want to take advantage of the core players you have already under contract Clayton Keller Nick Schmaltz you know, Christian Dvorak, Jacob Chikrin, you know, if you go into a rebuild, you're just burning years off of these guys' contracts. So maybe you do need to go for it. And if that's your philosophy, then maybe you do need Darcy Kemper or you trade Darcy Kemper and, and you know, get something else in return and, and hope that Aiden Hill and Auntie Ronta can give you a pretty good goaltending tandem. But 
I'll tell you what, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll offer you up Ekman Larson and, and Darcy Kemper for Connor <laughs> McDavid. Who says no? Who says yeah. no? <laughs> right? Well, tries that, all right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and here, here in Edmonton, I swear to God, Richard, in every trade we throw in Chris Russell, and it's like, okay, people, you're not getting anything for Chris Russell. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I love the guy. He's, he's a heart and soul kind of player here, but he takes a lot of heat because of his contract. But he is the one player that's thrown in in every trade scenario here at Edmonton. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Darcy Kemper, Matt Murray would be nice fits in Edmonton. I just don't think they have the picks or the assets to do it right yeah, now. And, that, so. and that's the thing, right? I think like just to, to tie a bow on that, you know, topic, I think I think they would definitely entertain training Darcy Kemper, but they're not going to do it for picks. So they're not going to trade Darcy Kemper for a first round pick. Of course Because not. this is a guy, I mean, look at his contract. He's so affordable and look at his numbers over the last few years. He's, he's without a doubt, a top five goaltender in the league, maybe top three. I mean, he's really been that good in front of, you know, let's be honest, not the greatest team in front of him. So mm-hmm. he goes to a really good team in front of him. I mean, you're talking about an instant Besnick candidate making, you know, almost no money, right, compared to what his market value would be. So this is a guy, if you're trading him, you got to get back a legit, you know, top pair defenseman or a top center. And I know that sounds like a, a hard bargain, but look, you don't have to trade Darcy Kemper, but if you can get that for him, I'd absolutely do it. The other player, obviously, it's Taylor Hall, former Edmonton Oiler. I mean, former Hart Trophy winner. And he, he went over to Arizona this year. He, you know, at 28 years old, he, he's also had his share of injury problems and all that. And it's been rumored uh, this summer that Arizona Coyotes ownership has met with his agent and talks are ongoing. What do you see happening here with Taylor Hall? And it, it's, it's such a difficult time because the cap remains flat. We're in these pandemic COVID times right now. And a lot of teams are not going to want to commit long-term. Taylor Hall probably wants long-term. Like, what do you do? here because if I'm Taylor Hall I don't know what I want I don't know if I want to sign a one-year deal look for that long deal as well like what do you see happening with Taylor Hall well you know having gotten to know Taylor pretty well you know just being in the locker room this past year and you know he clearly really enjoyed his time in Arizona and but I my sense of of what Taylor wants is his, the most important thing to him is uh winning he yeah. wants to go somewhere where he can win look, he's not getting any younger and he's still a player that, you know, maybe is, is still in his prime and he wants to go somewhere where he can win a Stanley cup. So maybe somewhere like Colorado looks, looks really good with their cap space and, and with, with that group yeah. there. I mean, can you imagine uh, Taylor Hall on that team? Right. But it's a very realistic possibility. Um, and uh, I, look, I think, I think he's going to entertain Arizona, but there's been a lot of drama with this club. I mean, he really had a, had a good relationship going with John Chica and now he's gone. Um, you know, and I think everything that's been going on with the ownership, I mean, I, I can tell you the Coyotes were, um, you know, late on playing, paying uh, players per diem in the bubble that really rubbed players the wrong way. And of course, oh, wow. um, you know, layoffs of, of course, across the board, but you know, some other NHL teams have had to deal with that too. So there's been spent a lot of off the ice drama with this team and with this new ownership group. And, uh, I, I think if, if you're Taylor, maybe you're thinking, hey, you know, is, is that really what I, what I get myself into on a long-term basis? Of course, short-term maybe is something a little bit different there. But, and I think the other part of it too is if you're the Coyotes, you know, not only – of course, there's a question of can you even do it with the cap. I mean, that's the first question. But then there's the question of is that even the right fit for you? I mean, you're really a team that if you're going to commit that much money to a player, you need to do that with – uh, you need to do that with a center. And, and of course, as we're talking right now, the Coyotes have just made official the hiring of, of, of Bill Armstrong, just uh, mm-hmm. as we're speaking here. Um, so, so Bill's going to have to decide is, is Taylor even, is, is that even a, a good investment for me to, to, to go after Taylor Hall, uh, you know, given our, our cap situation and given where we are as a team, you know, Taylor Hall is a piece that you get that puts you over the top. 
Yeah. And John Chica, look, you know, whether you think it was a good deal or not, he saw a team that had Darcy Kemper in net and that was in first place in January. So he went for it. You know, he had the assets and said, you know what, we're in first place. Let's just go for it. Let's go all in and let's go for it. And of course it didn't work out, but you can understand why Chica did what he did uh, right or wrong. So, uh, you know, now where the Coyotes sit, having been, uh, you know, really laughed out of the, you know, the official first round of the playoffs. And now with the dearth of picks, you're thinking, you know, is that really what we want to commit to? So a lot of questions with Taylor Hall, but you know, there's of course, does he want to be here? Do you want him here? And can you afford him here? Those are, those are really the three big questions. I don't know if any of those answers are going to be in the Coyotes favor. And then that's the thing. And it's so tough for GMs because if he doesn't do anything and he stays pat, he's going to get chirped. He goes out and gets a, a stud like Taylor Hall. And yeah, and the package was pretty big. He got a, a first rounder in there as well. There's no win-win here, I, I think, when it came to John Chaika and the acquiring of Taylor Hall. Because if he doesn't go out and get him, he gets chirped. If he does, they're still going to chirp him. So yeah, definitely intriguing times down in Arizona with a new GM. What what will he do with Oliver ekman Larson? What will he do with Darcy Camper? And the big one is Taylor Hall. Will he remain in Arizona? One last one for you here. Richard, as I'm joined by Richard Morin from the Locked On Coyotes podcast, uh, just heading on to the playoffs, we got Game Six tonight, Tampa Bay and the New York Islanders. We still don't know the status of Braden Point. We probably won't know until about the um, you know game time. What do you see happening in this series uh, tonight? Does Tampa wrap it up, or are the Islanders forcing a Game Seven? Yeah, it's been fun, right? It's been super fun. Uh, it, Tampa just looks different to me than you know, they've looked in, in their past playoff appearances, right? Like it seems mm-hmm. like Tampa, they just run the table in the regular season and then they're just missing something when they get to the playoffs. Right. And you just don't really see that from Tampa. They don't really look like they're missing anything. Of course, you know, they, they want a healthy braid point. You know, I think they'd love a healthy Steven Stamkos too. I mean, can you imagine this team with a healthy oh, Stamkos in the playoffs? Yeah, and, geez. Um, but, but they just, they look like they're, you know, they, they look like they're dialed in. Um, and, and obviously, uh, you 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 are aware of of some of the injury concerns around this team, and and you know Barry Trotz' coach team is never to be taken lightly. But you know I think I do like Tampa here. I still like Tampa quite a bit. Um, I, I I don't know if they wrap it up tonight, but um, you know they're I, I I still I still really feel good about Tampa. They're still giving me good vibes. So uh, it's been it's been really fun to watch this team finally get it all clicking together. You know it's such an easy team to root for. Um, you know, they just, you know, from, from where they were when they started and, you know, they, they, it, I know for a fact that at least when it was uh, John Chica and, and former president and CEO, Aaron Cohen uh, at the top of the Coyotes, they were really trying to replicate what, uh, you know, uh, Vinick was able to do in Tampa Bay, really turning a non-traditional hockey market into, um, you know, really a model franchise. And that, that's something that the Coyotes were really looking uh, to, to do. So you can just really see what everything that the Lightning have done on the, on the ice, off the ice has been, leading up to this moment. And, and you hope that this is their time to, uh, you know, start actually doing something with all the talent they have there. I think, I think they got the pieces there. I'd like to see them have some success. Awesome stuff, Richard. Thank you for joining me. I know it's a busy day for you guys down in Arizona. Keep up the great work. And I, I know we'll probably chat here soon. Richard Morin from the Locked On Coyotes podcast joining me here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Oilers. And Richard, where can people find your work? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, uh, I'm, at, uh, I'm on Twitter at R-A- uh, M-O-R-I-N uh, underscore A-Z-C on Twitter. And of course, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the host of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Uh, that's going to be starting up in, in October. We're going to get that going again. We took a little bit of a hiatus there during, uh, um, uh, during quarantine. Some, some things got hectic in, in the personal life there, but we're bringing back the Locked On Coyotes podcast in, in October. So I hope you guys will join me there. And, and when Connor McDavid gets traded to the, to the Coyotes, we'll certainly have you on uh, sure. as well to, to, to break that one down. So can't wait. 
I'll, I'll be crying that day. So you're going to have to give me a few <laughs> days if that ever happens. But no, uh, I'll tell you this. You better start winning and going forward in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, yeah. but, but Richard, thanks again. Uh, this was awesome. And, and all the best moving forward. And uh, I know we'll be chatting soon as we get closer to free agency in the draft. All right. Sounds great. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry honey I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman it is easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication it's simple, safe and totally discreet. Go to GetRoman.com slash NHL today. If approved you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash NHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Once again, big shout out to Richard Moore for joining me on today's edition of Locked On Oilers Podcast. Of course, you can find him on Twitter at R-A-M-O-R-I-N underscore A-Z-C. That's Ramarin underscore A-Z-C, former beat reporter as well for the Arizona Coyotes, who's now kicking off the Locked On Coyotes podcast that gets going in October. You got to check him out. He's got uh, excellent, excellent reporting and the beat on the Arizona Coyotes and everything they do. So a big shout out to Richard once again for joining me on today's pod. We still got some time here left on the pod, so I'm going to hit you up with some noticias for the days. As the 2021 World Juniors will be played in a bubble without spectators in Edmonton and in 2022 the tournament will take place in Edmonton and in Red Deer with fans and then the World Juniors is heading to Sweden in 2024 so once again uh, you know some good news on that front World Juniors will be played in Edmonton in the bubble life and I think that's going to be the norm here when it comes to sports uh, at least for the next year or so as we keep uh, you know pushing forward here in these difficult times uh, around the world and the sports world so some news there and Darren Dreger had that early Earlier this morning, once again, the 2021 World Juniors will be played in a bubble with spectators in Edmonton and in 2022 with fans in Edmonton and Red Deer. Of course, if you missed it yesterday, Joel Edmondson signed a four-year deal with the Montreal Canadiens worth $3.5 million per year. He has a modified no-trade clause, a 10-team no-trade clause, so we'll see uh, how that works out there for Joel Edmondson. I had some negativity yesterday on the good old Twitter machine on this, on this deal. Some didn't like the terms, some didn't like the money, but we'll see what happens. He's only 27 years old. I mean, realistically, he's probably best suited for your third pair. But, you know, looking at the left side there of Montreal, Ben Sherratt, Brett Kulak, Victor Mete. They got Willette there as well. Alexander Romanov, uh, you know, we'll see when he's ready and all that. But this guy is going to play. You don't commit four years in, uh, at $3.5 million if he's not going to be part of your top six. So, again, he's ideally, he's probably on your third pair, a guy that can kill penalties and all that. Not a big point producer. But, you know what, I don't mind it. I, maybe the term, he's probably better off doing two, three. But... Uh, I, I don't mind the dollar amount. Joel Edmondson is is a quality NHL defenseman, so we'll see what happens there. The trade. Eric Stahl, one for one for Marcus Johansson. Of course, Stahl from the Minnesota Wild goes to the Buffalo Sabres uh, for the 29-year-old Johansson. Both players have one year left on their current deals. Johansson at 4.5, Stahl at 3.25. Minnesota looking a little thin at the center position after this trade. I mean, I know he's 35 years old, but Eric Stahl had an excellent, excellent four seasons in Mini, putting up 65, 76, 50. 52 and 47 points in that time and it you know he was their, their top six he sometimes or most of the time was their number one center and that 76 point season i mean yeah it, it's 
it stands out and he's probably not going to do that again but i do like the move for buffalo i think they got you know marcus johansson younger he's faster but i like eric Stahl, man this guy does it all so uh even at 35 years old and again it, it's only for one year for both teams and if it doesn't work out they can always find another team and maybe uh, try to move these players or something like that but stall to buffalo i think they win this trade you know if you disagree with me let me know who do you think won hit me up at hernan the man at locked on orders I, I listen I, I i like the trade for both but i like it more for buffalo i just think eric Stahl, what he brings in terms of leadership and and you know face-offs and penalty killing power play like this guy knows how to win so i I really like it nothing against marcus johansson marcus johansson nice player like i said he's got the wheels that's the fun part about trades after the fact you see who won and who was more successful with it bill Guerin did also say and this is courtesy of sarah mcclennan from the star tribune on trading the number one center he felt the team needed to make things up and get younger with this trade Guerin on galchaniak unlikely he returns to minnesota man alex galchaniak still only 26 years old a ufa we'll see what happens there with this young man but again he'll be on the move and uh you know someone's gonna take him there's a player there um the, the skill sets there he's just he's got to put it together and uh minnesota moving on from there so we'll see where mr galchaniak ends up karen also declined to comment on miko koivu's future another ufa for this minnesota team you know, 37 years old, it's hard for me to see see Minnesota bringing him back uh, unless it's a, it's, a, it's a really cheap, you know, a short deal and something like that. And he also said he acquired Marcus Johansson to play center. Of course, he can play the wing as well. I think I saw reports where the, in, in Buffalo, they tried him at center. It wasn't very successful. But nonetheless, very busy week for the Minnesota Wild as they trade for Bustad last week, Johansson yesterday. They extend Broding as well to that seven-year deal in the dangling of D-man Matt Dumba. I mean, this guy's going to get you a return he's got six million left for the next two years he's a hell of a player he does for the next three years i apologize but he's uh yeah this guy's quality man he can hit he can he pass he can score at times uh, he's just quality quality so i think if they are dangling him they're gonna get a nice return for him and one team's gonna get a hell of a defenseman again matt dumba is at six million for the next three seasons he's only 26 years old so i I really like this player and you know with you know with the Broding extension eventually Minnesota is going to be at what just over 27 million for the four defensemen so I expect something to happen here and things are going to heat up I mean drafts coming up free agency and all that so we'll see if Matt Dumba gets moved as well as Minnesota and Bill Guerin having a busy offseason and when you see trades like this go down I think that's the frustrating part if you're a supporter of the Edmonton Oilers I mean Eric Stahl would be a perfect fit here in Edmonton your third line center he can moonlight in the top six for you you know if you run into some injuries at 3.25 that's an, a nice nice number but again the others don't just don't have the pieces right now to move or the money i mean they're top players you're not moving because you know that's pretty much all you have and you're not moving any of your young d-man the, the cupboards for uh young forwards prospects you know the edmonton oilers it's pretty empty right now and again the Oilers just they can't afford to move picks this year because they only have four only one in the first round they don't pick until the fifth so it, it's frustrating because this team needs to improve but uh, there's still a lot of work to be done when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers but again when you see a deal like this you're like damn I wish the Oilers can get in on some of these but it's hard and and, and don't bring up Chris Russell because you're not getting a player like Johansson or Eric Saul for Chris Russell we got to stop with that Chris Russell he is what he is yeah you know the contract is what it is you got to deal with it but we'll see what Ken Holland can do he did some nice deals last year mostly in free agency you have to be a little bit upset because it's you're seeing 
some deals being made and it's going to pick up as here as we head towards the end of the month in the end of the the playoffs here and uh, we'll see what Ken Holland can do I mean yeah do you really want to move your first rounder I, I it's not ideal and then who are you willing to move to get a quality player you got to move quality to get quality and if you're not moving bear or jones or nurse or broberg or bouchard not yet at least and then up front who who's going to get you a nice return james neal highly doubtful i mean who else are you moving so it's frustrating but i mean we we keep moving forward and you know i trust ken holland i think he can get things done but i like i said it's not a quick fix here but it, it is what it is and lastly of course we just talked to richard Morin. Bill Armstrong uh, was made official today. Will be the next GM in Arizona. Does he trade Oliver Ekman Larson? Does he trade Darcy Kemper? What can he do to re-sign Mr. Taylor Hall? It was a fun conversation with Richard Morin again. Big shout out to him for joining me on today's Locked On Podcast. Producer Manuel giving me the good old uh, stink eye here. It's like once again, I've gone a little too long. But <laughs> we're going to wrap up Thursday edition of the Locked On Oilers Podcast. Again, nothing on the Oiler front. We wait and wait for some news i like i said i think in the next couple of weeks things are going to start heating up the rumor mill will pick up and we'll have some fun with that here on locked on oilers podcast once again you can hit me up on twitter at hernando man at locked on oilers and don't forget to subscribe and download on your favorite apps for all the latest episodes your support is greatly appreciated i'm hernando man talking los petroleros Enjoy another beautiful day here in the City of Champions. We'll talk tomorrow.